So I think that also makes it easier to grieve when they do pass because like we talked about earlier, you kind of grieve the person they once were and then you grieve them again when they die. Um, And so you're kind of like more prepared when they do pass because you've already kind of gone through that first set of, well, I, I lost who they were originally. It's very interesting. Welcome to We're All Just Faking It. This is episode 30. Today we're talking about how to navigate all kinds of loss. With us today, we have Dana, Braylon, Blaze, and myself, Steph. Before we start, we just want to add a trigger warning to this episode that we will be talking about death and grief. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) That was very in sync. Very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) No clue how that happened. (laughs) Organically. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a heavier topic today. Um, I, I myself have not very luckily experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, I'd say the only person that I've lost is my dad. Um, not, that was honestly not a surprise. Um, oh no, there was someone else, but that's not, that doesn't count. That one doesn't Um, count. I'm kind of the same. I've lost, well... I've lost three grandparents, but my grandparents, my dad's set of grandparents got divorced when he was like 14 and they both got remarried. So by the time I was born, I technically had like three sets of grandparents that were like three full sets. So I've lost three of them. One whole set is gone and then one partner of another one is gone. But only one of them I was really close with, my mom's dad. And I, I I say really close. I didn't like grow up with them. Um, but it was definitely, that was definitely hard. And like seeing my mom go through that, I think was like harder too. And her whole family, because like, I can imagine what it would be like for my dad to die and I would be a mess. So like, and my mom was really close with her dad. So I think it was harder in that sense. Um, but I do have his ashes. I got a little necklace, like a little tiny necklace with a little bit of his ashes on it. Um, Cause we, we, I don't know why my grandpa and I just always had like a special connection. We were always very similar and like he had German shepherds growing up. So like we always talked about that and my mom was like, does anybody want ashes? Like, you know, and I was like, yeah, I want a little necklace. And I told her, I'm like, I'm going to take him on adventures with me. So sometimes I wear it if I'm like doing something fun or like going to a baseball game cause he loved baseball. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I have a hard time getting sad when there's grief because I don't know why. I just like to choose to remember them positively and think about them and stuff. But I also haven't had somebody extremely close to me die. I feel like that would be very different. <laughs> if one of my family members died, I would I would be a wreck. I'm just I am getting also... sad listening to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I, I know, right? I also am in a similar boat. I haven't really had that much loss at least close to me um I did lose my great-grandparents but it doesn't hit the same as like your grandparent or even like your parents um my grandma on my dad's side I I also did lose her and I remember that being kind of rough but it's also like she was old 
in in a better state so it's a little bit different i've had i would say i've had it's not even that recent anymore it's like 2017 uh, my granddad died um that one was a lot harder because we were given like um so he when he was 80 he had like a brain tumor and then like um then he had a heart attack as well um and stuff so then we were kind of like he was still alive like for five more years which was great you, you feel like you have like borrowed time you know um but unfortunately he ended up ended up getting cancer and we were given like a week for him to um like you know still be alive um and that was like in september and then he didn't die until uh december so we had um unfortunately we had to kind of watch him slowly deteriorate until he um he died so i think i think that's sometimes harder to kind of slowly watch someone at the person you remember become someone you don't recognize like i remember walking past his room and just not even looking in because he just looked like um I don't know, almost like a goat, like almost like a ghost of himself. Like it was awful. Um, so yeah, I try and like not think of him then and think of him like when he was um, better and stuff. But I am really grateful for the relationship that I had with him. And um, I know that the last thing he ever said to me was that I was a good girl. So, you know, it's That's nice sweet. to have nice words, you know, like I feel like a lot of people end up like they either don't remember the last thing that they said or it, maybe they had words with each other or they weren't always like the nicest thing. So I, I feel fortunate for that. Um, I know my mum's um, partner, he died in our house, unfortunately, he had a heart attack. Um, and that affected me for a long time because um, I heard him die, like the noises that he made. It's like not nice um, hearing people die. Um, and so for a while I had like, um, I don't know, sort of like, sort of like PTSD, but I don't know if I want to like label it as that. But like I, if I heard any noise even slightly similar, I would just be triggered like straight back to that night and stuff. And like sometimes I couldn't. I couldn't close my door for ages because I closed my door thinking it was someone coughing or something. I just closed my door to it and like went back to sleep. And I have like tremendous, had tremendous guilt over that. Now I don't because I know that there was nothing I could, I could do. And it was like, gosh, it was um, an awful morning and stuff. Um, so yeah, a, a bit, of, a bit of loss um, there. That's personal I'd, when that's, that's I'd like live that home. Yeah, yeah. But that we, that we don't sounds like anymore. PTSD, for sure. PTSD. I mean, yeah. So that's my grief. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna be a hard episode, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's strange? I, I, feel like... I was just gonna say every time I've had somebody die, they've they've all been old people, right? So like we knew it wasn't none of them like died suddenly it was like i mean my grandpa there was like four times where they had flown everybody out and they were like this is it and then he ended up being fine and then like a year later they'd be like okay um but i don't know if it makes it any more difficult or easier when you like because like you said you you watch them become this version of themselves that isn't themselves anymore and that is just a really strange thing it's it's really weird 
Yeah, I mean, it's... people always say, like, they've lived a long life, you know, and they've had all this stuff, and that's great. Like, you don't feel bad that they've, like, been, their life's been cut too short and things, but at the same time, they become almost like this person you don't recognize if, if it if it goes on for too long, the, the illness that um, gets them. And then that's hard because the person that you grew up with um, and you remember is, like, so different from this person you're, like, looking at. Um, and you're trying to, I guess, comfort and, and be kind to, but you don't also kind of, you're looking at them like, I have no idea, like, this person is not someone I recognize anymore. I feel like it's it's a lot of the first grief that people experience is either pet loss or elder loss in their family. Um, <clears throat> I mean, also, like, ambiguous grief. I feel like that's been the the vast majority of mine. Like when my dad died, it it didn't it didn't really hit the way that you'd expect it to cuz like I didn't talk to my dad. I had pretty much told my dad to never call me again. Like you chose drugs and it was just every time he called me it's like Stephanie the helicopters and it's like I I can't I can't do it. I I can't I can't deal with like the mental illness that came about from doing meth for years. It just wasn't something that I was willing to do and it's like I sitting here I was like oh yeah I also lost a cousin but I think the last time I talked to her I was like you're literally my last words to her it's like if you're gonna act like an idiot like this you're going to get yourself killed and that's exactly what happened so I feel like I've gone through a lot of that ambiguous grief with like family I don't know I don't know it's weird grief is weird it's it's like coming to terms already when they're alive that they're no longer a part of your life and then they they I was gonna say like what Dana was talking about too it's almost like you grieve them twice you grieve losing this person that you once knew while they're still alive and then you have to grieve them again once they pass it's like this weird transitional It's hard. Like when my great aunt died, she used to, she lived in America, which is funny now that I have all these friends in America. Um, and she used to fly down all the time, and we'd like take her around because she used to live in um, in England, and we take her around and show her all the good sights and stuff. And she was always really nice. Um, we go off and have a drink somewhere, obviously like Coke for me. <laughs> and then she'd be like, "Do you want a packet crisp? Don't tell your grandma and stuff." I always used to think she was like this amazing old lady. She was like so lovely. And then one day we just got told, um, yeah, she had um, cancer and died and she just didn't want anyone to know. Like she didn't get treatment, she didn't do anything. And I mean, it's very much typical stubborn older person in that that respect. She was of that generation. But that was my first experience of death um, of of a family member or or of anyone. Um, And I remember being like absolutely destroyed. And now I think I handle grief grief better now than I did back then because I was like obviously a child um but yeah it was it was awful and then no one wanted to talk about her and I had all these memories that I wanted to tell people and be like oh do you remember when she did this do you remember when she did that wasn't it so nice that she did this and no one wanted to talk about her and I just didn't I didn't understand why um and like even now we don't really talk about her and it makes me sad um because she was such an amazing amazing woman my first experience with loss um, was actually my dog. And I think I was 10. And this was like my childhood dog that I had had 
like I don't know I was pretty young he he we got him for my sister but I ended up bonding with him and he slept in my bed every night he was like my little best friend um and he got hit by a car and he died my dad ended up finding him and like we had a little burial service for him um but I literally remember like weeping for like days like my little 10 year old self was like that was I in my life like I remember it so distinctly because I think it had such an impact on me um and and I just remember crying literally in my mom's bed for like days and days it was so rough (laughs) I have a very similar experience one of the first memories I actually remember from my childhood is losing one of my pets when I was super young like I was in daycare at that time I should not remember that but I do because I remember coming home from daycare with my dad and we were looking for our dog and I I go under the deck and I was I saw her and I was like dad she's sleeping she won't get up and my dad's like she's not sleeping so I uh I remember finding her still to this day. That's so sad. Yeah. That's terribly sad. I also lost a cat when I was 14 that had the same impact on me. It was literally terrible. I had, I like walked in my house and her little head was like leaning against the wall. And I was like, that's not good. Cats don't like. I've never seen a cat that's sitting and then like rests its head on a wall. And we had to put her down that day because she had really bad cancer. But same, I just remember my mom and my dad and I just for days crying. Um, makes me feel sad I didn't have that same kind of reaction from my grandparents. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it, <laughs> my that's pets crazy. were so like, close to me though. Yeah, like the thought of losing, like, I'm sorry, this sounds so fucked up and I'm sorry that it's coming out of my face but like when I think about a human that I'm close with passing yes it's sad and yes I feel I feel sad about that when I the thought just even brushes against the outskirts of my mind that I'm not gonna have my butters anymore like I'm fucking tearing up now no no unacceptable live forever I'm gonna cry fuck this show (laughs) I've been actually talking about this recently at work with a couple of people um, and it's because I I personally believe that the reason we get more upset about our our pets going than our um, real life um, people is that your pet is there when you come home, they're there for you when you're sat, you know, at your desk, they climb on your keyboard when you don't want them to and they're really annoying but they're always there, you know, like you love them and they, whereas like, people aren't in your life like 24 7 you know other people have other things they're doing like you see people at work but like if they're off for a week you don't see them for a week like when people leave work so it's like it doesn't hit you for ages that they've actually finally left because it's just like they're on holiday and it's the same with like if you don't see your grandparents all the time or stuff it's very easy for your mind to just pretend or just to think of them as not just just being away or, or you know not being there whereas your pets it's very hard you sit at your desk, you think, oh, well, my cat would always be next to me. Or, you know, you come into the house and your dog's not there to greet you. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's just not feeling normal. You know, like everything that you're used to is not there anymore. And I think that's why it hits us so much more when our pets go than um, people in our lives. 
I'm I'm gonna be a goddamn mess. I'm gonna be a fucking mess. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to do to prepare for the mess that I am going to be. <laughs> I do feel like it is comparable to like spousal or like intermediate familial loss. Like when you lose a pet. Like it is like losing a part of you. That's another thing we were talking about that you should get compassionate leave um, for when your pet dies. Um, yeah. For your immediate family because your cat or your dog or, you know, your pet of any kind is your immediate family, you know. I'm going to be a fucking mess. Like, there's no way I'm coming into work the next day. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No I just hope, I just hope when, when we had to put our other dog down, um, we had cancer so we got like a lot of months where we like knew he was gonna die right and it was like you said like borrowed time like we were able to like give him extra treats and like just like spend a lot of time with him and so I hope that I get that gift with all of the rest of my pets because um at least for me it allowed me to like grieve through that whole process so then when it actually came time to put him down I was like ready do you know what I mean? Like, Laundry. I was like, okay. Yeah, like, it was, I didn't even cry the day of. I'll cry now sometimes thinking about him. But <laughs> the day of, I was like, I'm I'm ready. I This is the way that it's meant to be. And, you know, I, I've done, I've spent time with him. And this is okay. And that that's I was a like, blessing. I was an absolute mess when my childhood dog died. Not the one that I was mentioning before, but... The one that I grew up with the most when because she basically started having seizures like randomly and within like maybe two weeks we had to put her down because she couldn't even stand up. That's so hard. Yeah. So I uh, I remember just crying that day like I didn't even go with my parents because I was like, no, can't do it. Oh god, my biggest fear is like being at work, like or like offsite or not at home and like having Brona have to call me and tell me or like cuz like honestly I should probably go have that conversation with him at some point you should. like <laughs> how you want it to go. Animals, what is the protocol because I honestly wouldn't know what to do. I would probably if it was me and I was finding one of our pets, I'd probably call him like I just need you to come home right now. That's it. I just need you to come home right now. But like, imagine what that would do to someone mentally. It's like you don't, yeah. you don't know what you're walking into. So yeah. All right. I would make a stream marker, but I'll just have to write it down somewhere to <laughs> just have that conversation. I was actually thinking the other day, because I quite often think about um, Cassie leaving me because I know that it's probably the one thing at the moment that could trigger um, a mental breakdown in me. So it's something I think about quite um, often, not on purpose, like a lot of time it, it comes into my mind. Um, but the other day I was thinking about it and I kind of, I've not accepted it because I know I'm still going to be a, a mess, but I've kind of think about it as I would always like to be alive while she's alive. Like, um, like, Oh, have you seen Hatchie where the dog is like waiting for that owner, but that owner's died and it doesn't understand? Like, I would hate for that ever to happen to Cassie. Like, I, I just couldn't even imagine 
the confusion and fear that she would feel so I always want to make sure that I make her life the best I can and give her all the comfort I can and be with her in her final hours I hope um and just just give her love always and um I'll forever be grateful that um I had her in my life and I got to live for most of her life we got to be together I do something eight months without me (laughs) I do something kind of similar because because we put baby kitty outside, I recognize that he could die any day, like any single day. And and that's a risk that that we take. Um, and so what I've been doing with him, because some pets like I've lost pets before where it like didn't really affect me because it wasn't like a soul pet. <laughs> but then you have pets that are like, oh, no, this is like this pet is a part of me. <laughs> And that is how baby kitty is with me. And so I'm, I like, I'm really mindful about the time that we spend together. So if we're like snuggling and enjoying and like having like a nice little moment, I'm like thinking about the whole time, just how much I appreciate this and how nice it is and how lovely. And I'm like not on my phone. And it's like being super present in all of those moments makes me feel like even if something does happen, I got to have all these beautiful moments and it like comforts me a little bit. That's I why that. I have um, like a million photos and, and videos and all sorts of Cassie because I never want to forget the way her nose looked or the way her ears went down randomly when she's listening to something. Like, I don't want to miss or forget a single thing about her for as long as I'm alive. I don't want to like be like, oh, I've forgotten what her meow sounds like. Or, oh, I can't remember quite how her eyes. No, no, no. I have a picture and a video for everything that I don't want to forget because I love her so much. And So um, life that. life hack, uh, get a paw print stamping kit. And then I you can one. also get amazing mold putty and you can make like a stamp of their paw. So I have one of Butters. I have one of my other cat Milton. I have, um, I don't, I don't think I have one of Izzo. I need to make one. I should have done it when he was a puppy and had really soft paws. But anyway, um, and it's also kind of morbid, but I do also look up like how I can, I'm using air quotes here. Oh, oh wait, we're on camera. Preserve, right? I'm not talking about like taxidermy. I came to the conclusion when I was, 18, 19 years old that that's fucking creepy. Maybe don't do that because then like any animal you bring into the house thereafter might have a very not great reaction to that taxidermy. Um, But like compressing, you know, sending your pet's ashes in and getting it turned into a stone is a scam. Like I've been doing a lot of reading on those and like to make sure that if I am going to give parts of my animal somewhere so I can have something to remember them by and that it's legitimate. Um. So they, there's even services where you can like send in a bunch of photos of your pet from all angles and they'll make a stuffed animal that looks just like them. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I'm just also petrified from reading some of the reviews that like they're not – it's going to come back looking wonky and it's a lot of money to have a wonky thing coming back. <laughs> or it's like commissioning artists, you know, while your pet isn't gray to – do the art and then you have the art of your pet forever but the paw print is for sure like the number one thing i've i will be making more more butterfinger paw prints and i'll probably put it on the back of my art when you go to um put your pet down usually the vet will also do that for you at least they did it for us so we have like a little a little it has the saddest freaking 
poem on it, this little rainbow bridge poem. And if if I read that poem, I'll literally start weeping because it's so sad. And then his little paw print. And so we have like a little display box that has that, um, which is really nice. But are you guys bothered like by death? I I really like because (laughs) I always tell this funny story when my grandma died my dad's mom she was in a home like not too far from us and we got the call like she's probably gonna pass soon so my sister and I like left work we drove over there we missed her by like 10 minutes her passing um but then they were like you can just go in her room and she was just like laying there and (laughs) and me and my dad and my sister were like okay and after like five minutes my sister was like i don't like this this is really weird i have to go but me and my dad were like eh, she's just just a body like she's just gone I you know it. I it's it's not her it. anymore like and we literally we literally she's laying in her bed she like looks all nice you know she didn't look gross or anything and uh we just kind of like scooted her arm over and we both like sat on the edge of the bed and we were like looking through photo albums my sister was like you guys are literally so weird <laughs> But we were I like, don't I don't know. It's just, it's, she was gone. And we could, I think, both totally feel that, that it was no longer her. It was just, it was just a vessel. Like, I've never, I don't think I've been around death like that to know if I'm okay with it. I didn't even like the fact that my granny had my granddad's ashes in our house while we were waiting to um, bury his ashes. Like, I was just like, I don't know I just just felt really weird like I didn't go into the room where they were and I was like but at the same time I I kind of would like my cat's ashes like um totally get them yeah oh definitely I will make her a little shrine (laughs) I will definitely be getting baby kitty if we're able to he's only four though so I'm like you have a long time (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez yeah Yeah. I'm away (laughs) And see, and like, I feel guilty, like even having the the encroaching, passing, brushing thoughts on the edge of my thought, whatever bubble, like Butters is only 13. I have many, many more years and she's very, very healthy. But like, I feel like I'm going to need a few more years of mental preparedness. And it's good to think about it. I think. It's like, not you helping. shouldn't feel it bad that you have those cry. thoughts. <laughs> but I think it is good in the long run to like, just be aware, like it's better to be not like ignorant about it right like it's better to be aware to know because then you can savor the moments that you have with them if oh, you're I like spoiled the shit out of her yeah if, if you're if you're thinking about it you wouldn't have the paw prints that you've already yeah. got the all that stuff that is true tattoos i want tattoos. Oh, yeah i want i want I want my little butter's loaf one with the one of her next to the tissue box. I just want to get like the tissue box and the little loaf like on my arm. You definitely should do that. (laughs) I think tattoos are a great way to memorialize anything that you want. My babe. I was going to say, I think when my mom passes, I'll probably get a tattoo that is like similar to something that she liked. That's just a remember her by plus she's always wanted a tattoo and she's like never gotten one. Oh, so you're like doing it for her <laughs> yeah exactly you that. should go get those together now you should get Agreed. something that like represents the two of you like just say like don't you think if you went to her and you were like hey mom I have this really good idea for us to get matching tattoos 
and I think Maybe. you could like make a hole you know I don't know that would be so fun because then you would have the added memory of like I got this with my mom which I think would be Mommy really special days. I like do you guys um do you guys feel guilty that like when we talk about our pets dying we're like literally I think all of us have cried at one point uh, at, during this episode but when we've all been talking about real like people who have died we've not cried like once because I do feel guilty sometimes that I'm like crying over Cassie potentially dying but I'm not crying telling you about my granddad who died I I don't I don't feel guilty no because at the end of the day like if everything else in my life is wrong at least I have my cat I it's she has been here before everybody and she will be here after everybody like where is she gonna go Where's she going to (laughs) go? I think that if I had lost, like, somebody really close to me, I would feel completely different. It's just, like, pets we lose more frequently because their lives are shorter and they are so close to us. It's not like you people go through losing a spouse every 15 years, right? Like, that would be – that would be crazy. I would – I think I would have the same – the same reaction, Um but it's not like with every pet for me. Like I've had pets where they've this. I don't know why I've had pets where they've died, and it was just like I wasn't very sad. But then there's for sure some pets where I'm like, you're not allowed to die. <laughs> I will be extremely I, upset when you leave. I'm starting to get attached to the damn fish. That's <laughs> like feldspar. Every day I check the tank. I'm like, you good, dude? Everything good? We're great in here. Let me know if you need anything. I'm kind of attached to you now. <laughs> But I think that goes back to like what Dana was saying, like you're with them every day. You see them every day. It's not like your coworker or like, you know, like it's somebody that you spend so many hours with, even if it is a fish, he's right next to you at your desk all day. All day. Yeah. Of course you're going to get attached. (laughs) It's hard. It's definitely hard because they are with you all the time. It's like, um, had a family friend die last year uh, uh, about summertime and it was really hard because we'd seen them not that long ago and they were fine and they'd had like uh, I can't remember what it's called but it's the like human version of mad cow disease um, and she just like wasn't quite herself anymore and it was awful because like we knew she had it and she was in hospital but like she hadn't like died yet but like she wasn't like she only had certain points where she actually knew what was happening or who people were that she was seeing and stuff and I luckily didn't see her because I wanted to keep the memory of when we had her at barbecue and you know she was um happy and laughing and stuff to me but yeah that was that was hard the day of I remember like crying at her funeral and stuff but then like because we didn't see her like we saw her a couple of times a year it's very easy for your brain to just think oh they're just at their house and they're not visiting like it's so easy for your brain to just kind of not forget that they're dead but just kind of like put them in a box yeah like just put it like away and like like I'm sad she's not gonna come to the barbecue this year and like we're never gonna see her again but like I don't think about it very often because it's not like I pass anything that reminds me of her because she didn't live um where I live she lived um in another place And so I don't see things that constantly remind me of her. And I think maybe that as well with the whole 
pets over people you see a lot more reminders in your house for pets than you do for like real life people or I guess not life dead people yeah my grandma my grandma was like that because she had dementia so she like didn't have full-blown alzheimer's but in the last like few years when you would visit her she just like wasn't the same really so i think that also makes it easier to grieve when they do pass because like we talked about earlier you kind of grieve the person they once were and then you grieve them again when they die Um, And so you're kind of like more prepared when they do pass because you've already kind of gone through that first set of, well, I I lost who they were originally. It's very interesting. I think it's like you were saying about your dog, Braylon. You knew for a while that um, he was no longer going to be with you. And so it helped you kind of prepare. Whereas like when, um, I can't remember whose dog got hit by a car now. Um, Braylon, your dog. Um, that was more sudden and you didn't have time to prepare and that's a lot harder I would say um the sudden deaths Mm -hmm. in general and with with pets I would say as well because I'd love to have that like time where you know that they're not in pain but you know that it's coming rather than come home one day and find out and not be there That I think is truly the hardest when it's unexpected because you just have no, no time to even do anything to prepare. Not ready. Yeah. And then you've got the what ifs. Why didn't I give him some extra treats the day before, you know, and things like that. Like, why do we care so much about the diet we put them on? Or, hey, they could have had one of our chips off our plate and things like that. And I think I would rather spoil my cat till the last minute if I if I had the um, the chance. And I 100% do. If if if, <laughs> if it is O2, you know, if he wants the damn freeze-dried strawberry, he's getting it. He always gets the <laughs> bacon. If we have the cheese, you're getting the cheese. If Butters wants to cuddle even if I'm not feeling cuddly, I let her cuddle. Have I made her like a little menace with absolutely no boundaries? Yes. But who's <laughs> at my house that it matters? <laughs> <laughs> She lives here. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cat's house. We're all just living in it. It, it is her house. I wish she'd pay some bills sometimes. <laughs> We've talked a lot about like loss of actual life, but do you guys ha- grieve when you have like loss of friendship or anything like that, where it's not an actual death, but it's a death of the relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of stopped opening myself up in that way. Um, I know that sounds like super dramatic, but I just kind of don't really bother any anymore. If it doesn't come organically, then it's just not meant to be. Um, Because I've had so much friendship loss in my life. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's okay to not jive. It's fine. I've I've come to terms with it. I've definitely had friendships where I'm like, do you know what? I'm so glad to leave school and go to a different college and not be friends anymore because that you just feel that like the friendships run its course and you don't mourn that so much. I do. I sometimes do find myself grieving, like having a big friendship group, like because just as I've become an adult, I don't really have that anymore. And I I miss that. But also I feel like I don't have time for a big friendship group anymore, like (laughs) going out all the time. Um, Recently, I 
uh well I say recently last year I had um a friendship breakup um that was I would say was really hard um but we have both just grown and changed in different ways that we just we didn't fit in it anymore and that's sad because like when you've had friends that have been there for you through hard times and stuff it's really hard to kind of recognize when it's time to say goodbye to that friendship and you know thank you for the friendship that we've had and all those years but now it's it's time for us to just part our ways and and you know good luck <laughs> it is always tough I don't know that I've had or that I've ever lost a friend and been sad about it. <laughs> Same. I was thinking about it. And I think all of the like friendships that I have lost, it was like a mutual kind of agreement. I, so I, I don't really grieve it. I might be misremembering. I also have this thing where I only remember like good stuff like bad stuff does not stick in my brain so when I look back on the past it's just 100% rose-colored glasses because all the bad stuff I just like throw in the dump dumpster and then I can't access it anymore but as far as I remember I've never cried over a friend like I've never had a friend break up where I was like damn I was sad sometimes I'm like maybe just acknowledge that it sucks but that's like the most I think I've ever done. I've never like wept or cried or felt super sad over loss. I think of a it's friend. always for me been like less about the person that's no longer in my life and more about the feeling of inadequacy or like not being good enough that they wanted to invest that same amount of energy. Um I don't know. Like, I feel the same way about, like, leaving jobs, too. Like, oh, you didn't want me is how it feels, right? So it's – it's. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really feel that way so much more anymore. I more grieve the the lack thereof of, of real-life friendships. But I kind of just, like – you have to draw that pros and cons list in your head. And you're like, all right, what was so hard about having – in real life friends and why is that so difficult for you? Well, it's like, well, here are the reasons X, Y, Z. And then here are the positive reasons X, Y, Z, why just doing it on the internet is better. And honestly, it has worked out better. Just like Dana said, do I wish I had a large friend group or like a group chat or like going out on the weekends, etc.? Yeah, sure. Do I have fucking time for that? No. I wouldn't go anywhere. You want that. <laughs> Until you're, like, the person that's never responding and, like, doesn't want to hang out. And then they're like, why are we even inviting you? And why are you even in yeah, our group no. chat? <laughs> it's hard enough being up at 9 o'clock in the morning for this every other week, let alone, like, let's go out for drinks at 9 o'clock on a Saturday. Let's not. Let's not do that. I'd have to be up even earlier for brunch. <laughs> I think it's hard. Like, I for sure was maybe grieving the friendship we had as it was breaking down more than when it ended. Cause I think when it ended, it just came sort of was like, okay, it's done now. Like it, it's over. We can move on. We can be at peace. Whereas like, as it was kind of breaking down and stuff and there was miscommunication and stuff, it was just very much like, I, I really just wish things were the way they were like a couple of years ago, like before the pandemic and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think 
I think I like would say I agree with more the change in the friendship rather than the end of the friendship. That brings up like an interesting point because I feel like a lot of people like I think I grieve like past versions of myself more so almost or like past situations past like it's like Andy in the office I wish I could know I was in the good old days when I'm in the good old days do you know what I mean like I think I find myself thinking about more about just like like Dana said like how things used to be and and um I find myself thinking about that although at the same time I love like life now and I'm very excited and um it's fun to be the person I am, but I still like think back on times in my life, like seasons where I'm like, oh, that was just like so good. And like, it's never going to be the same again. Like it could, we could do the same thing with the same group of people in the same setting, but everyone has changed and there's no way to go yeah. back to that exact season. And I think that's sad sometimes. I feel the same way like I think about how much I would love to have like those sleepovers where you do the makeovers and you cook oh my gosh, the, like yeah. baking thing and I just remember mm-hmm. how much I love that and how I'm never gonna have that again it's not really a thing I that know. I don't do like you don't have that kind of kitty oh we're going to the, sh- the shops we get to buy whatever snacks we want and stuff like I can buy whatever snacks I want all the time and it's not as exciting um as an adult like <laughs> I, I I would try to recreate that now. I'd be like, let's do it virtually. Do you guys want to go and get a bunch of like face masks and we could do our nails and we can gossip about boys like Pedro Pascal and, you know, just like all the cringy shit that we wanted to do when we were teenagers as friends. I, on the other hand, don't really grieve like past versions of myself or past experiences because I feel that it got me to where I am now and I also feel like I'm in a good place and I'm really excited for the future right now. So I don't really think about the past. I'm more focused on like what's going to happen like a year from now. That's really good outlook. I like that. I think I brought of that when I was like 19 <laughs> and have my life together and now I'm in this like I have all these mental health issues. <laughs> you do. My life imploded. Uh, you like do definitely go through like a second <laughs> phase of life where like, I feel like at least for me, like when I was in high school, I was like, I got everything down. I know what I'm doing. I am punctual. I have routines. I take care of myself and I didn't even have to think about it. And then you turn like 25 and you're like, I don't know how to shower. I forgot how to brush my teeth. I, uh, everything is hard. How do I cook? And you have to go through this like relearning phase. Cause I often think I'm like, I need to access that high school version of myself because she was so on top of it. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, damn, my 15 year old self is outperforming me. (laughs) Your 15 year old self. No, no, that is not a fair comparison. Your 15 year old self's (laughs) biggest issue was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to do my homework last night. There's no actual consequence to that. You just stressed yourself out for nothing. Now, 30-year-old self is like, well, if I don't fucking go to work today, I don't get paid, which means I don't get to eat. I don't actually get to sleep here tomorrow night. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I fucking – the 15-year-old Steph was a fucking idiot. 
should have cherished that shit instead of working five jobs in sophomore year. I was a dumbass. Now I'm burned out, bitter. <laughs> it is interesting though. Like we grieve these people who are still alive, like ourselves and also other like friendships and stuff. And that in itself is ambiguous um, grief, um, which is really interesting that it's it's something that we all kind of experience in different ways. I think it's so funny that like you grieve high school you because I'm like no I don't want to go back to high school like I my friends from high school like my best friend she lives in another state but like we're still friends I do miss being around her like all the time but I definitely don't miss high school at all I don't miss high school I just miss high school Braylon. She had so much energy. Nothing hurt her. Her body worked. Sixteen. I know. I know. I was like the energizer bunny. A little sapling that I just sprouted out out of the dirt. Like, oh, I miss that energy. You mean youth? (laughs) (laughs) Miss my youth. Give it back to me. <laughs> Everything hurts now, okay? Everything hurts. My body cracks and pops like every time I stand up. Can't, I saw the most hysterical that It I was really like someone doing like... a skit. I'm sorry. Wait. It's Mine's dumb. It's a skit. Go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I like to think that I really haven't changed like that much since high school. I know like... A lot of people go through like all of these changes throughout their life and stuff, but I feel like the me now it's very close to the me then. It's I would really just like not that different. I would just like to point out that you have not gone through your Saturn's return yet. Twenty seven to twenty nine <laughs> could become a whole new blaze. You don't know. Maybe, but <laughs> I also kind of doubt because I'm the type of person who is very like introspective already. Do you learn from others' experiences too? Or I do. Some, yeah, so that yeah. helps you a lot because yeah, that's how I siblings. am too. I remember you if, saying that with your siblings. If you're a learn by oh, yeah. doing, that is unfortunate for you, and I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a learn by doing. I'm definitely a learn by watching other people. Say yeah, yeah, yeah no. I I unfortunately must learn by doing. I have to fail. I've had many conversations with bosses like, listen, I know you're telling me to do it this one way. I have to learn the hard way. Please just let me learn the hard way really quick and then I am fully on board. But I need to prove to myself that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) With work, I do have to like learn the hard way. But with everything else in life, I don't. I would say I always feel like I know better. Like... I, I've had a lot of trauma since I was like 18, 19 as well that has changed me. Um, and the discovery of like how that my personality was actually a mental um, illness. That was um, a great uh, discovery as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say I have probably changed quite a bit since I was at school because um, I've had a lot of like big life things happen on my way to be... Um, almost 25 (laughs) i truly think that the reason why i haven't changed that much is because i was diagnosed so young so i had already Mm -hmm. kind of figured out everything by the time i hit college (laughs) 
See, and I had a similar but different experience because I got diagnosed young and just was like, I have no idea what this means. And it wasn't until I got to college that I was like, oh, fuck, that's what that means. <laughs> I I went through a lot of um, not situations, but I had a lot of guidance on like what being ADHD meant. I did not. I have that. I had I had. A medication and i mean my mom like did a lot for me but didn't talk to me a lot about it so then it wasn't until i got my first psychiatrist that i was like oh okay this is not gonna be fun my brain is very different <laughs> See, i'm learning that now like these are not personality flaws this is symptoms of adhd like yeah. every new therapist session i'm like you're fucking kidding me really Jesus Christ. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I do. I, I don't know how I've gotten to this point. I, <laughs> I relate to that so hard. <laughs> like, how did I get here? How did this around, happen? It's like, shit. It's like the cat waking up like all ruffled and Friday to Sunday. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cat in the second meme. Do you find when you all got like diagnosed and stuff that you kind of grieve the, the person who I guess didn't have the help that that you now have or like the fact that you struggled for so long or or just um in in any way grieved like the change I harbor resentment I'm very resentful some days especially when I'm having like a really bad brain day I harbor a lot of resentment like if the adults in my life had just been more responsible about my caretaking. This didn't have to be this hard. Like I was let down by every adult in my life growing up. No one gave a shit. Do I'll you never think have <laughs> that on like a, a side note, like, well, that definitely sucks, but do you think it like pushed you to, because I feel like you are so successful today and I feel like that would, you wouldn't be that way if you didn't have to like kind of claw and get your way there. Like, you're a badass now. I mean, in a way, I'm successful, but I'm unhappy. So what does that success mean? Well, I think that's that's more of like an internal issue. <laughs> I think you're still successful, even though you aren't happy. Like, you know what and, I and mean? That's not what that's not what success is to me, though. Like, I guess that's it's, true. It's outside I'm, success. Yeah, like I'm still fucking. It's, it's just, it's just, ugh, ugh, it's so annoying. I, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of living it. I'm just like, I'm 30 fucking one. Can we just, can we just get with the program, please? Like, just reset it. It's fine. I don't need it. <laughs> Did you, uh, Blaze or Braylon, also feel you grieved after your diagnosis? Or because you were so young, do you feel you didn't really um, have time to kind of, even really realize i was like ignorance is bliss situation through my whole life i think my family made me feel so normal at home and i literally just have never cared really what people thought about me like at school so like it wasn't like i was like people are judging me like my mom said i had to go every day before lunch to the nurse's office to take medication because i was on like a double dose a day and my mom was like we thought you were going to be like you know, oh, I have to like go to the nurse and like do this thing and like get out of line. And she was like, you literally were fine. Like it didn't even phase you. You just like, here I go, just going to go do this thing. So I think the grieving came when I was, when I first saw a psychiatrist and I, she explained everything to me and I was just like, oh, cool. 
<laughs> I think then I went through some like almost like an identity crisis of like fuck this sucks and I had to I had to overcome all of that it was not fun since I was so young when I was diagnosed I can't I had different experience because like I had friends who were also diagnosed with ADHD and I was getting in trouble so much that it was kind of like oh this is why I'm getting in trouble. This is why I do these things. Maybe I shouldn't do those things. And I was immediately pulled medication and it made me so much better. I wasn't getting in trouble with my parents as much, with my teachers as much. So it was like, it it was all around just a better experience for myself. So no, okay. I didn't grieve it. I'm amazed that you were so self-aware at such a young age about that. Like I that literally never crossed my mind until I was like 20. <laughs> I think it's the different time. Like, I think by the time that I was in school, like we're not like that far in age, but I think it's just enough that a lot, it was a lot more common. When it comes to school we're yeah, we're pretty far in age when it comes yeah, to I like didn't know the, anyone the experiences that we had yeah. in school. I didn't yeah, know anyone I that had so it. many people. Like, my best friend is probably <laughs> undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> See, I only knew boys with ADHD where they were, like, chucking chairs around the classroom and stuff. And obviously, um, with diagnosis of ADHD and, and even autism, it is um, – it, it's they use how it's shown in young boys. That is how they kind of diagnose people from, from that. And they don't really – is why a lot of women um, are getting diagnosed now because when they were younger with the masking and the kind of not showing it in the same way, it gets missed a lot of times. I'm on I my really... own kind of self-discovery like diagnosis yeah. journey and I grieve a lot for the, the little me who was felt so alone and, and didn't have many friends and didn't understand why everyone hated her just because she was different. <laughs> disrespectfully fuck them kids <laughs> uh, no i agree completely <laughs> kids are kids are literally so cruel fucking little assholes it took getting to blame their shitty parents like nice people <laughs> if i had gone to your school i would have been your friend I was always friends with the people that Same. didn't have friends and I always tried to make them feel included and I always made sure they were invited yep. to my birthday party and I, my mom would be like, you're inviting, you know, like these kids. And I'd be like, yeah, they don't have any friends. They got yeah, to come to a birthday party. Friends with those for people. See, I just had um, a birthday tea with one friend because um, I didn't really have any friends. So we just had a birthday tea. Like they come around my house and my mom would buy all these nice things from the shop for us that's to have so cute thing. but yeah because <laughs> i didn't have many friends to <laughs> for birthdays now i get to stream i was people. the kid that got shit chucked at them in the cafeteria so oh. i'm good Fuck oh them no kids. oh my gosh <laughs> that's so sad i was just a skinny little indian girl i had no no social skills none no absolutely no social awareness they're just, I just looking back, I just cringe so fucking hard. It's just, it's probably why I am the way that I, it's definitely why I am the way that I am now. Like, I don't give a fuck if you like me or not, really. I mean, I do, but I don't. I shouldn't. I get my feelings hurt sometimes. 
I did fuck around not too long ago and get my feelings hurt. I told you guys about that. But good. Good riddance. I don't want to be your friend anyway. (laughs) How did we fake it this last week? (laughs) I didn't really fake it this week. I don't know about you guys, but it was a good week. It's, It's 420 month. I'm faking it every second that I am alive this month. <laughs> so tired. I can't wait till I can say that I haven't faked it this week because um, I feel like for a while, every week has been a bit of a struggle um, for me. And then this week mentally has not been great. I feel like I'm getting burnt out again. Um, so I just need to kind of, I don't know, maybe like do some more preventative maintenance like you know self-care or even emergency self-care um because yeah it's a struggle I'm really looking forward to not next week but the week after when we finally get someone else in logistics so I can get some help so I don't have to fall asleep at my desk every night trying to get everything done um so yeah just um being alive and um being here I'm faking it (laughs) Dana I'm so sorry Gosh. Thank you for your fucking honesty. Holy shit, do I relate? I did not really fake it these last this last week either. Um things have kind of been rocking and rolling for me, which is nice. So yeah. We need snaps. (laughs) Snaps for Braylon and Blaze. Well, Thank you guys so much for listening in. We hope you found some value. Join us on Discord to access resources mentioned in each episode and find your people. Follow us on social media and tune in to our next episode, Getting Organized in Home Life and Online. Or Lightening the Mental Load with Organization. Bye! Bye. Bye.